Good morning. Good morning. Thank you so much for joining me. This is the podcast, The Endurance of Labor Laws. I am your lovely host, Leslie Sullivan. Today is episode 311, and we are going to take a look at the first city bank of Florida in Fort Walton Beach, Florida. That is a failed bank, and this is directly from the fdic.gov website. We're going to take a look briefly at their bank failure. Kind of an interesting one, especially for the state of Florida. But before we get started, let me give a big shout out to my listeners because as usual, you guys are awesome. We love to see you here. So a big shout out to New York, California, North Carolina, Hawaii, and Maryland in terms of countries, Singapore, and the United States. Okay. So, let's see here. This bank, this one closed back in I think it said 2022. Let me double check. Uh 2020. Okay, so this one is First City Bank of Florida. and the bank that acquired it or took it over is United Fidelity Bank this one officially closed October 16th in 2020 where i was getting the dates mixed up is that there is a notice of termination that has an effective date of February 1st 2022 but their notice of intent to terminate was September 3rd 2021 so basically this bank failed as of 2020 There was a notice of intent to terminate which was in 2021 then the the official notice of termination meaning it actually went through was in the year 2022. Now let's take a look at the press release here. And this is directly from the FDIC uh, their website and this is what they released to the public back in 2020. So it says United Fidelity FSB of Evansville, Indiana assumes all of the deposits of First City Bank of Florida. Fort Walton Beach, Florida, and this press release was released Friday, October 16th, 2020. It says First City Bank of Florida, Fort Walton Beach, Florida was closed today. This is back in time by the Florida Office of Financial Regulation, which appointed the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation, also known as FDIC as receiver. Again, just because I'm just making a side note here, just as a reminder, just because the state financial office or those that regulate I guess the banks there in any state that doesn't mean that they were responsible for closing this bank they had to because the FDIC was getting involved so this is no different than the state of California where they have their big fancy title making it seem like you know they they were protecting um the uh, basically the depositors and they were getting involved in Silicon Valley Bank in a way that they were trying to stop them from doing anything bad that's not true at all. They had to get involved because the bank was basically foreclosing, it was going under, it was failing and the FDIC was getting involved. So in order for the FDIC to get involved, the the basically the state, I guess you could say, agency that that regulates banks in a financial manner, whatever state it's in, they have to close it down and then they pass the hockey puck so to speak. to the FDIC because state agencies are not the FDIC they do not have a federal fund because it's a state agency so it's just basically a state agency a financial state agency I should say is taking over a bank and saying hey we are going to help you close this down and we are going to transition this bank over to the FDIC to the FDIC excuse me so that way the FDIC is the receiver so it's 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 basically the same process for if and when a bank fails in any of our states our territories i don't know 
I think our territories um get a really cushy deal and I don't agree with that, but we will discuss that at a later time. And I don't just mean in terms of banking, I specifically was thinking about taxes and things like that. But anyway, um the FDIC was appointed receiver by the Florida Office of Financial Regulation. Again, it's just another title for another state agency, but they did basically transition this bank from being their own entity and then switched over to FDIC basically calling the shots because this bank was failing and closed. The failed bank experienced long-standing capital and asset quality issues operating with financial difficulties dating back to 2009 which are not related to the current economic conditions resulting from the pandemic. It's like I've said times past, bank failures do not just drop out of the sky. Many bank failures, in fact most of them, 99.9% of the time they've had issues for a long time and they just refuse to correct them. It's like I it's like I've said times past. Bank failures happen because stupid people do stupid things with other people's money. Just simple as that. Uh going on it says to protect depositors, the FDIC entered into a purchase and assumption agreement with United Fidelity Bank in Evansville, Indiana to assume all of the deposits of First City Bank of Florida. The two branches of First City Bank of Florida will reopen as branches of United United Fidelity Bank on Saturday, October 17th. The drive-up windows will be open during normal business hours. However, lobbies of these locations will remain accessible by appointment only. So that means <laughs> that's funny. They don't want people coming in. That's what that means. And so they are blocking the public from getting to the bank because they don't want a bank run. The FDIC strongly encourages bank uh, consumers to follow center to follow centers for disease control and prevention guides on social distancing and utilize online and electronic banking capabilities. So this is happening at the time of COVID-19 and they're trying to prevent the spread of the virus but also this bank is failing and you know when people get concerned about their money they go to the bank. But the FDIC and the Center for Disease Control is saying, "Hey, don't do that, but it's the consumer's money." You know, it is their concern. So that's just kind of how it is. Goes on to say depositors of First City Bank of Florida automatically become depositors of United Fidelity Bank. Deposits will continue to be insured by the FDIC and customers do not need to change their banking relationship in order to retain their deposit insurance coverage up to applicable amounts. So they're basically saying you don't need to be worried, but people are going to be worried if they have more than the insured amount. That's why people typically go to the bank to pull their money out if they have over that insured amount because they don't want to lose their money. Goes on to say customers of First City Bank of Florida should continue to use their existing branch until they receive notice from United Fidelity Bank that it has completed systems changes to allow other United Fidelity Bank branches to process their accounts as well. Excuse me. It says this evening and over the weekend, of course this is back in time when this happened, depositors at First City Bank of Florida can access their money by writing checks or using ATM or debit cards. Checks drawn on the bank will continue to be processed. I'm surprised by that. Loan customers should continue to make their payments as usual. So again, I laugh at that every single time because I, it's just so hypocritical that that when a bank fails, they're not able to make their payments. But if you have a loan through this bank, you better make your payments. Otherwise, you lose your car or you lose your house, whatever the case may be, and then it damages your credit. But heaven forbid this bank have bad credit for what they did with someone else's money. I find that to be very hypocritical. 
It says as of June 30th, 2020, First City Bank of Florida had approximately 134.7 million dollars in total assets and 131.4 million dollars in total deposits. So it's it's offset. It's not um it's it's not good standing. So that may sound like it is, but it's not because if it actually was good, then they would not have failed. In addition to assuming all of the deposits, United Fidelity Bank agreed to purchase essentially all of the failed bank's assets. That is a huge financial risk. So again, it's like I've said in previous episodes, not all banks are bad. In fact, most of them are good. And here's the thing, United Fidelity Bank, they agreed to take over even all of the failed bank's assets. Not very many banks do that, but this bank chose to do that. It wasn't required. They didn't have to, but they chose to do so. That says a lot about United Fidelity Bank and that they really care about people because they did not have to stick their neck out for this bank because this bank failed basically because of stupidity and greed. So, just FYI, again, not all banks are bad. In fact, most of them are quite good because they do good things like this. goes on to say the FDIC estimates that the cost to the deposit insurance fund also known as DIF will be 10 million dollars not a lot but i mean if you compare it to other banks that have cost the fund billions of dollars but it still is a financial risk um to the american people because it's you and i that pay for this compared to other alternatives united fidelity bank um their acquisition was the least costly resolution for the DIF which i agree with that which is basically they're saying the DIF is an insurance fund again created by Congress in 1933 and managed by the FDIC to protect the deposits at the nation's banks. So this bank failure, I find it interesting because first of all it's in Florida. It's uh in Fort Walton Beach. Typically I would say beach communities they typically don't have problems like this. I'm kind of surprised by this and I was surprised that the amount was so small. in terms of what they lost because there there are many rich people that live in in Florida and in beach areas so to speak and so they have to have a place to put their money so i'm surprised that this bank did not have um a greater loss i'm surprised they did not have even more in assets because i mean just think about the location of this bank i mean florida they're very similar to texas in that they do not have state income tax And so because they do not have state income tax, typically they have way more expensive real estate because, you know, the the state government is going to make up that loss, supposed loss of revenue. So, you know, for example, in Oklahoma and other states that do have a state income tax, you know, our real estate is way cheaper and so is our real estate tax. But, you know, that's because we have a state income tax. So, I know from living in Texas, for for a short period of time that rent was just crazy down there you know again because they don't have state income tax so basically whether you're paying rent or a mortgage the the state is going to get their money one way or another so you know these these republican states that and again I I'm republican but the these republican red states can make it seem like oh we are against taxes I don't believe that I think it's very two-faced because if they're truly against taxes or high taxes, then they would not have real estate tax. I do not agree with real estate tax at all. Well, except for when you're purchasing property, but to pay that real estate tax every year over and over again on your property when you're not repurchasing it, you're you're just owning your property. 
I think that is least influencing the American people. It's just like having a death tax, you know, like you know, having a tax on people that inherit, you know, money or whatever or funds from their family members or whatever the case may be. You know, the the government, whether it's the state or the federal government, is going to get their pound of flesh one way or another. So I think it's very hypocritical for states that do not have a state income tax. I think it's hypocritical for them to make it seem like they are better than. Democrat states or other states because they don't have a state income tax. I'm like, well, well, you know, take a look at your real estate tax. You know, take a look at how much rent costs, how much a mortgage is. I mean, it's it's greatly inflated. You know, like for example, an apartment in Oklahoma, you know, just an average apartment could cost like a thousand dollars. In Florida, it could be three thousand to five thousand. In California, it could be um, anywhere from three to twelve thousand dollars a month. So you know, it, it kind of depends on where you live and what the taxes are like. It's not all about what they say in real estate. It's location, location, location. Actually, it's not. It's not really about that at all. It's about who is running your state, who is running your government, what、uh, laws and legislations are they passing, and what kind of taxes do you have in your state? Because again, taxes in Florida make it seem like they are the be all end all. Because they don't have state income tax. Again, they have other taxes where they make up that difference, and it's usually on real estate tax. So even if you're not purchasing a house, you technically are paying real estate tax because you're paying a lot more in rent, which to me I think is a scam, and I think it's wrong because I I don't personally like paying for someone else's mortgage. I just don't. I would just rather pay for my own or just pay for things in cash. But that's my personal opinion. But anyway, my point is this: I'm surprised this bank failed. Because it's in Florida. Usually, banks in Florida tend to be more stable because they have more revenue there, and not just from taxes, but just more people live there, and there are more people in Florida that have more money. I don't mean that everybody is rich there. I just mean that there tends to be more prosperity in states like Florida and Texas because they do not have a state income tax. Again. You know, it is going to be more expensive to live there, which I don't agree with that. Because I think that if you're truly going to cut down on taxes, then you need to cut down on taxes everywhere, everywhere, especially real estate tax. I mean, it's it's just insane. But anyway, I will end it there for this lovely podcast, this lovely episode. But as usual, until next time, I pray that you're happy, healthy, and whole. That you have a wonderful day and a wonderful week. Thank you so much. God bless and bye bye.
world.